Whoa, 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 what? It's the Pot Smoking Moms Podcast. Episode 90, season Episode. finale. Season finale, that's right. That's my homegirl, Captain J. Yo. I'm Sunny D. We're so glad you've joined us today. Uh, if you like us, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Share our content. And be friends with us on all social medias. Potsmokingmoms.com is the website. Clickety-click on that. Check it out. If you got something to smoke, we're going to, we're fixing to do it. Light it up. What you got? Um, I'm going to finish the other half of this J that I rolled for our interview with uh, the Green MP. The Green MP. Stick um, around for that. Yeah. And it is of Honey, Honey Child? Child from Cannabis. Nice. We, we picked that up uh, this past weekend. Got some really nice products over at Cannabis. Actually stopped in at True Leaf, even though I have plenty of, of stock <laughs> from Cannabis. Um, True Leaf is having 40% off of their low THC flour. And so, um, that's a, that's a deal. Hell I got yeah. that's for 25 bucks. It's funny. The guy that, that walked in before me was like, I only want the highest THC percentage. And I was like, you sound like you a dipshit. You don't know how it works. And you know what? All those bud tenders at that location, all they do is go for high THC content because I imagine that everybody every who walks time, up in there. Like every time I'm like, okay, what Indica's do you have? Even though Indica's and Sativa's at this point. Don't even make sense anymore. But I always ask what Indica's you have. And they always like, oh, the highest I have is this. I'm like, right. just tell me what you have. I'm yeah. not asking you which one is the highest. Right. But cheers. cheers. This is Supernova is the stream. It's like... The Honey Child from Cannabis. Yeah, I've been and enjoying the, it. And the Red Bulls. I haven't tried my Red Bulls yet. I was really skeptical because it was I like a I thought with discounted. a name like that, it would be like a sativa. Like, right. That's what I thought too. Uh, and then I thought because it was discounted, I was like, is something wrong with this spot? But no, it's fire. It's amazing. No, I think everything was on discount that day when we were there. They're having a sale like 30% off or something like that. Have a lot, a lot of, of really good sales. Yeah. I wish that we had a cannabis closer. We always hit them up when we're out of town, though. Yeah, they're pretty great. Pretty great. So, like we mentioned, uh, uh, I started this J when we're interviewing our interview for later. Marina, Marina de Jesus, nurse practitioner and cannabis consultant. We know her as Green MP on That's Instagram. How, yeah. That's how we met her a long time ago. One of the first people, like groups yeah. of people we met when we first started, same day we met Angie Greenbaker and Pothead Mom. That's awesome. Two people we've stuck with uh, on our journey. Yeah. So we'll talk to her a little bit later. And speaking of our journey. Yeah, man. Our quite party. a highlight was the Hemp Mansion. The Hemp Mansion party was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, it came out pretty spectacular. I was impressed. It with did. It what went we too did. fast. I for, I don't even remember it honestly. I know it was so fast. I I missed a good portion of the beginning. I came just in time down for dinner, and that's because I 
was going up to get yeah, ready. Yeah, you were right, were in, right. And I was like, like w- some people saw me still in. Like, yeah, well, you're in videos where you're yeah. still like directing <laughs> the orchestra. Yeah. I was trying to get ready, and then like the plan was, well, um, I'll jump down there and take over and and receive people while you get ready. Yeah. So. Um, so we did that. But once I came down, like I was so anxious the whole time, but once I came down, I, I, before I got in the shower, I went out on the little balcony and I hit the bong, took a shower, got ready, came down. And when I saw how nice everything looked and how much fun everybody was having, it looked like everybody was having such a good time. I just immediately was like chill and relaxed. Well, I was anxious because the people were getting there already. Yeah, and I was there like, was a let line of in. people, and I, I was like, "How am I get a little bit? Of, I don't yeah. have anything to check." But in. that's the thing; I was still getting things done. Too, there was still people. There were, but but it's so nice out front. They were yeah. taking pictures with the plants. The plants were all in the front. Yeah, so beautiful. like in the back, the crops back there didn't make it, unfortunately, because of the frost. Right. Um. So unfortunately, there were no plants in the back. So I guess you know, it kind of worked out that they were in the front for a little right. bit. I think we opened like what fifteen minutes late. Was it like six yeah. fifteen? Maybe. Right. We were a little bit behind, but everybody was pretty. They weren't nobody. Yeah. Everybody was cool. Nobody was uh, upset or anything. And like we said, there were so many pictures to take and look at the plants out front. Yeah, because they were still out there and I was still trying to uh, me and Angie uh, and the servers were trying to get the drinks ready because when when they come in, they're supposed to get their pre-roll. I know we had a fire to turn out of because of the pre-roll thing. We We had to end up stuffing stuffing (laughs) pre-rolls. Because we had a little miscommunication there. Oh, my God. So many things. But it came out perfect. Everybody was great. Because our friends are fucking fantastic. Yes. We're fantastic. We had the vision, but our friends really helped us execute it. But because we, I feel like they share the same vision and connection. And they really wanted to, they really wanted us to succeed. They wanted everybody to, I mean, they genuinely want us to succeed. Right. Because so. we're all succeeding together, you know? Yeah, I feel like we boost each other up. I think that um, you find the people in the community that are willing to stick out their neck for you and you for them. Who do you vibe best with? And then you kind of try to, like, make that happen. And I'm, like, so bummed, like... That there's so many people I didn't get to talk to. Yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. I feel like it went by so quickly. So it's quickly. because there were so many people that I kind of wanted to like really have more conversation with. And then too, we didn't really know. We we didn't know what, what was going to happen and how people were going to like. So stoners are, are, are I mean, we, we got drinks <laughs> and stuff because we were like, well, it's a party. We got a DJ. Yeah, because you, you dance. dancing. Yeah. So I was like, if people are going to be dancing, no, uh, nobody drink, wanted right? to dance. Well, the DJ was also inside and everybody was just really enjoying the outside. And right. it was the only place he could smoke yeah, is outside. outside. So, so why would of, you be inside? Right. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was pretty great. And everybody was pretty lit. Um, Angie's dinner was fire. Oh Everybody God, was, was complimenting how delicious it was. It was delicious. It was phenomenal. And the portions were just ginormous. And beautifully plated yeah. and just everything well done. Didn't expect anything less because, you know, it's Angie. Yeah. And we were like, we're going to do it big. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it big. And it- Southern Hospitality was the servers that we used. And... Those two ladies were, were spectacular. Fantastic. They were so such good service. They were willing to help with 
anything during setup. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. We had good people helping us that day. Yeah, man. I mean, we even convinced people to come from another whole last day. <laughs> like, I was like, really? That I I am very impressed with ourselves. Because if we can convince we people. We sold out. We, we totally sold out. Um, and we convinced people to come from far. So people were... People were in town for the weekend and they were like, <laughs> we would love to come out. So they were like, okay. I wish there was another, because it was a really good venue. Because it's also a private property. So right. you're not so worried about doing something like what we did, which was right. an infused dinner party. It's on theme with it being I a know. fucking hemp farm. It was a hemp farm. And you literally used cannabis from the farm yeah. in her in, in her dishes. plating in her dishes in the salad you know it was just it was, i wish we had something like that here like is there there's no hemp farm in like homestead or something i know right if any of you know any hemp farms a little more local to us maybe it doesn't take us four hours to get there maybe it takes us one to two hours <laughs> i mean you know Something local in the 305. Yeah, if any of you know of anything anything like that. But it, this was perfect. It was great. Everybody was just so happy. Hemp Mansion was happy too because I feel like they wanted something like this to happen. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you're, you're one person doing one thing. So it's kind of hard for you to like, you know attract a an audience and we're kind of like well let's an audience is all we have so come on <laughs> we got the audience we'll bring them right <laughs> and it worked out and uh, hopefully i mean we got other people reaching out to us to try to get us to do something local we have to do something M- miami we have to do area. something here at home we have a lot of local moms that uh we are paid our patrons and our friends are, are maybe some of our like before the podcast, I know, actual friends, friends will come so, to the event. We did moms. have an actual couple of friends that came to the yeah, event and yeah. helped us a lot. Um, so, yeah, we got to do it here. We got to find a good space. Help us find a good space. We, we will. I think we will. We're on our way. We're on our way. Oh, oh this topic sucks. This but we pretty. have to touch on it. I know. I, I still, I'm, I'm still in shock. Like, I think it was Sunday night. Yeah, you sent me this. You texted me. You're like, this is what the heck is happening. I was like, have you seen this? I was sitting there and I went into TikTok and I saw somebody, uh, one of the news people that I follow. Under the the desk. It wasn't under the desk. I I sent you her story. They put something on But the first one I saw, yeah, I sent you their, their story. Okay. But before I saw their story, I saw another one. Which is another news uh, TikTok person that uh-huh. I follow, and mostly for the Ukrainian war stuff because he's Ukrainian. Um, but he was reporting on it, and I was like, "Is this real?" And I went and googled it, and I found it, and I was like, "Holy shit, it's real!" And I said, "They're going to overturn Roe v. Wade," and, and my husband was like, "How can they do that?" Yeah, that shit's ridiculous, oh, right? They're yeah. not going to do that. And it's a real possibility. And what's crazy? Is that this is like a leaked opinion draft that th- that's never happened before. Something like this has never leaked out of the Supreme Court before, which is basically a draft thing that's not even ready to be published. They weren't going to announce it until like June or something. Really? Yeah. And who wrote it? Uh, who leaked it? 
I, they don't I always know think who it's so it. silly that they don't know who leaked it, and there's not that many people that have access to this. So it could it, there's there's only so many people that have the ability to leak. I that. think so, I think it's insane. I think I honestly think they need to start dictating the penises. I don't stop. They don't need, stop. They don't need to dictate anything and just fucking bodily autonomy. It should just be right. Nothing. Like, come on, what the? F- like, I don't understand this. Yeah, I don't understand why we're going backwards. I don't understand why we're going backwards. And like people are saying it's just because birth rates are down. People expected a baby boom after the pandemic. And instead people were like, oh, Oh, you read the part about like there was the surplus. There's no babies to be adopted. It's all money making for them. It's all of it. It's It's all about the poor people poor. Because are you kidding me? You're going to tell me a country that doesn't have a maternity leave, parental paid leave, no universal access to health care. You go into debt having a baby. Yes. And then you can't take time off of work to take care of said this baby. This place is not set getting, up. No, it, it, it's fucking ridiculous. If you want people to have children, maybe provide benefits to make it easier. Yo, I'm people, saying. That's why people are not having kids and people are waiting longer No and longer resources. To have kids. And I don't blame people who don't want to have kids anymore because really now, now, now that I have, now that I have kids, I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is a lot. And I, and this, not only is this a lot, this is a lot and there is no help around because the lifestyle is not the way it used to be. There is not as many hands. There's not as many people in the village anymore. And the resources are very scarce. There's a freaking, uh, what's it called? A formula shortage. Yeah. How are we, how are we not going to address all of these things before we start talking about? forcing people to have children yeah it feels like we're in the we're in the freaking twilight zone if this happens there's going to be many states where it's just going to automatically become illegal to have an abortion if this happens i tell you what a lot of people gonna be leaving Leaving. because what is this this turning into it's handmade coming to life it's crazy because, oh, oh, my God, I saw this TikTok that, like, made me super paranoid. They're like, oh, if you have one of those tracking apps for your period, delete it now. <gasps> delete it now. They know your menstrual cycle. They know if you're fertile. They know whether or not you got pregnant, if you're tracking in there, and, like, and you end up, like, you know what I mean? I mean. And I was like, oh, my God. That's nuts. <laughs> that's Never really thought of nuts. that. But, but apparently, uh, like if you use the the period tracking app Flow, I don't use that one. I use a different one. Uh, like Facebook already knows your menstrual cycle, and they like. Share I mean, that listen. <laughs> I'm sure with the amount of tech crap we'll be entering into our cell phones, if somebody wants to have some information on us, they will. No, they have all our information. But like, they have our algorithm figured out. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't care. You can, whatever. What do you want to know? <laughs> Seriously. I like Disney. I like weed. Yeah, I, like I mean, Potter. I, I, I used to work in a, a customer service job where there was older people who, you know, how older people are like very anti-technology. Yeah. So people would be really, well, they would go out of their way to like 
not record their conversation or not, or the credit card. And I'm just like, you're going out of your way for what? For what? Somebody wanted me, oh, please don't send me my, my blood test results through the mail. Send them through email. And I'm like, they can hack your email. What yeah. I don't know. It's your computer. I tried to fix it and I realized, oh, that's her computer. Yeah, well, shit's crazy. I People are buying passport pictures, I, all sorts of stuff. Oh, you yeah, need to watch yeah. Handmaid's Tale, and then you'll be even more terrified. In Anyways. The mean, in the meantime, we got other terrifying information here <laughs> on... We're already stoned, but we will read the news to you. And this is an update on the Britney Gritter story. Remember, we talked about her, the WNBA star that is being held in Russia. So, U.S. reclassifies Britney Gritter, is it Gritter? Gritter. As wrongfully detained, the United States government now considers women's basketball star, Brittany Grinner to be wrongfully detained by Russia, according to a report on Tuesday by ESPN. Citing sources familiar with her case, ESPN noted that the new designation by the U.S. represents a significant shift on how officials will try to get her home. As a result of the shift, the U.S. and Grinner supporters will likely be more proactive and public in their efforts to secure her freedom. Remember last time we reported, trying they were trying hush, to hush about it. Yeah, they didn't want stink. a lot. Exactly. Now they're like... Let's tell everybody what's happening. The change means that the U.S. government will no longer wait for Grinner's case to play out through the Russian legal system and will seek to negotiate her return, according to ESPN, and that Grinner's fellow WNBA players and supporters in Congress will be told they have the family's blessing to bring as much attention to her case as they wish. A State Department official confirmed the shift in a statement to ESPN. The Department of State has determined that the Russian Federation has wrongfully detained U.S. citizen Brittany Griner. With this determination, the Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs, Roger Carstens, will lead the interagency team for securing her release. Uh, Grinner, a six foot nine WNBA champion and one of the most decorated athletes of her generation, has been detained in Russia since February 17 when she was arrested at a Moscow airport over drug charges after she was allegedly carrying cannabis vape cartridges. The charge carries a potential sentence of up to 10 years in prison. The Russian Federal Customs Service announced the detention in early March, weeks after the arrest. In the announcement, the agency did not identify Griner by name, describing her only as an American women's basketball player who has won two Olympic gold medals. The announcement also came with a video showing a woman matching Griner's physical description going through airport security. In mid-March, Russian authorities extended Griner's detention at least two months more until May 19th. Brittany has been detained for 75 days, and our expectation is that the White House do whatever necessary to bring her home. Griner's agent, Lindsay Gagawa-Colas, told ESPN in a statement on Tuesday. ESPN provided some additional details surrounding her detention in its report on Tuesday, reporting that a source close to Griner also confirmed Monday that Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Bill Richardson, who has worked privately for years as an international hostage negotiator, 
agreed to work on Grinder's case last week. Damn, it's like that, like a hostage negotiator. Yeah, now shit. they're getting everybody involved. <sighs> this is crazy. So the official said that does not mean that Grinder is considered a hostage which is a different legal classification than wrongful detainee. Sources close to Griner said they were told they were not told why she was reclassified, but they were informed Saturday morning that her case had been moved to the special envoy's office. Until this past weekend, her case had been handled by the consular office, which monitors the cases of any American being held abroad without necessarily intervening. State Department officials notified appropriate congressional committees of the change on Monday. The shift in designation comes on the heels of last week's release of former U.S. Marine Trevor Reed from a Russian prison. Reed, who had been detained there since 2019, was released as a part of a prisoner swap for a Russian citizen who had been held in the U.S. According to ESPN, Griner's team became optimistic about her fate last week following Reed's release, which was also negotiated by Richardson. On Tuesday, the WNBA announced plans to feature Griner's initials in jersey number 42 on every court this season. The season tips off May 6th. As we begin, as we begin the 2022 season, we are keeping Brittany <clears throat> at the forefront of what we do through the game of basketball and in the community. <clears throat> WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert said in a statement, We continue to bring on work on bringing Brittany home and are appreciative of the support the community has shown BG and her family during this extraordinarily challenging time. Holy cow, this is crazy. She's been there for a minute. Too. 75 days, yeah, he that's said. that's a long time. And, like, they're excited and they're hopeful after this guy was released who was detained in 2019. Like, it, it, hopefully she's not there that long. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, God. That's pretty nuts. We hope that... Um, we will continue to update on this yeah. story, but, jeez... All right, so our next story, Cannabis Now, America's Fifth Most Profitable Crop. Yeah! I'm I not mean, surprised. On, yeah, for real. With recreational pot now legal in 18 states, cannabis is a bona fide profitable cash crop. In November, Leafly Holdings, Inc. released its first ever cannabis harvest report. They examined farm licenses and production in the 11 states that have legal adult use stores open and operating. Cannabis is medically legal in 37 states. Whoa, what was that? Cannabis is medically legal in 37 states, but for purposes of this report, we focused on operating adult use states. The 11 states where any adult can walk into a licensed store and buy cannabis. For Salines... To the Gillette General, what does that word mean? Salience? Salience? Salience to the general public. The report's authors wrote, in those 11 adult use states, cannabis supports 13,042 licensed farms that harvested harvested 2,278 metric tons of marijuana last year. Woo-wee! That's a lot of weed. Well, way. <laughs> that amount would fill. Oh, God. Here we go, guys. That amount would fill 57 Olympic swimming pools or over 11,000 dump trucks stretching for 36 miles. <laughs> and it's returning. Is that six, six million? Bil- six billion. Six billion. Six billion. million to American farmers every year. That figure of a little more than six billion ranks cannabis as the fifth most valuable crop in the United States, trailing corn, 
61 billion. Holy shit. 61 billion for corn? Corn. Soybeans, 46 billion. Hay, 17.3 billion. And wheat, 9.3 billion. Outpacing cotton at 4.7 billion. Rice, 3.1 billion. And peanuts, 1.3 billion. Holy shit. That's a lot of fucking corn. There's. Yeah, corn man, that's why corn is uh, in everything. It's, it's America li- runs on corn, Ameri- apparently. America Not runs Duncan. on corn. <laughs> America runs on trash, mostly these days. The report said that in five of the states where adult-use cannabis sales are legal, Alaska, Colorado, Massachusetts, Nevada, and Oregon, cannabis is actually the most valuable crop. In each of the 11 states where adult-use retail stores operating, Cannabis ranks no lower than fifth in terms of agricultural crop value, often within two years of the first store's opening. In Alaska, the cannabis crop is worth more than twice as much as all other agricultural products combined. Wow. The report's authors wrote, The goal of the Harvest Report, Leafly said, was to quantify annual cannabis production in operational adult-use states, just like the USDA's Economic Research Service does for all non-cannabis crops. The U.S. Department of Agriculture tracks annual yields, prices, and estimated values for nearly every commercial crop grown in America. But the USDA does not track legal cannabis due to the plant status as a Schedule One drug, the huh. authors wrote. That's just weird because in legal adult use states, cannabis is consistently one of the highest value crops in the field. It's the highest <laughs> value crop in all of our lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all, the, all of us enthusiasts. We also believe it's time to end the stigma attached to cannabis farming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Far too many state agricultural agencies and policymakers still treat cannabis growers with contempt, they continued. Some right-to-farm laws specifically exclude cannabis farming. Most cannabis farmers must, by law, hide their crops from public view as if the mere sight of a fan leaf might induce intoxication. Oh, jeez. <laughs> These unfair and unnecessary measures are taken against a legal crop that's one of the top agriculture products in every adult use state. Cannabis farmers are farmers, period. The report's findings echo a study released last month. That research, which came via the Marijuana Policy Project, found that the 11 states with licensed adult use cannabis retailers generated more than $3.7 billion in total revenue in 2021. Woo-wee. A lot of money. That figure amounted to a revenue increase of 34% from recreational cannabis in those states compared with 2020. Wow. The legalization and regulation of cannabis for adults has generated billions of dollars in tax revenue, funded important services and programs at the state level, and created thousands of jobs across the country. Meanwhile, the states that lag behind continue to waste government resources on enforcing archaic cannabis laws that harm far too many Americans, said Toy Hutchinson, the president and CEO of the Marijuana Policy Project, who added that the findings serve as further evidence that ending cannabis prohibition offers tremendous financial benefits for state governments. Get that with part, it, everybody. That part is like, duh. It's like duh. It's like it's like (laughs) duh. I love you, Miami. All right.
right. Well, here's a positive and light story. Hopeful. Yeah. Seeing as how it's one of the biggest crops. For let's get, real. Let's get the children's involved. Let's get some education out there. Let's get their minds thinking about cannabis and hemp. So apparently, Florida officials invite students grades 4 through 12 to invent new uses for hemp as part of essay contest. Florida students from grades 4 to 12 are being invited to brainstorm new uses for hemp as part of an annual agricultural history and creativity contest being overseen by the state agricultural <laughs> agriculture department. How am I not surprised that Nikki Freed is the one who has her hand? I mean, she this. is the agriculture commissioner. Yeah, but she's listen. She you loves weed, but uh, but on top of that, you can tell that she is running to 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 post for a higher uh, public office. Yeah, because hers, she is her name's everywhere, everywhere. Right yeah, now. she's in everyone's mouth. Mm-hmm. She wants people to know she likes weed. Hey. <laughs> We voted for her once. We'll do it again. (laughs) Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who is running for governor, announced the new contest on Tuesday. A total of nine students from different grade ranges could be selected to win a 1,000 scholarship and be honored at next year's Florida Cabinet meeting at the state capitol. A description of the essay requirements explains that hemp was federally legalized under the 2018 Farm Bill and the crop is a diverse commodity and can be refined into a variety of commercial items such as paper, rope, paint, etc. Just as high-tech innovations have changed the very foundation of how we conceive of everything from phones to computers to household appliances, the same is true of hemp, it says. Some of the most notable inventions made of hemp includes planes, cars, batteries, eyeglasses, hemp, crete, concrete building material, plastics, and so much more. The possi- possibilities are endless. Hemp, plastic, non-toxics. Yeah, seriously. Talking about microplastics being found in a people's bodies. Yeah. To that end, students are being encouraged to showcase their cannabis creativity with a 500-word essay on inventions that they come up with that are made with at least 50% hemp. Following the inception of the state's hemp program in 2020, this newest... (coughs) This was trapped in there. (laughs) Following the inception of the state's hemp program in 2020, this newest Florida commodity has been leading the way in creating safe and sustainable products. Furthering Florida's rich agricultural history and the state's second largest economic driver, Freed said in a press release, hemp has the potential for over 25,000 uses, including textiles, biocomposite building materials, biodegradable packaging, food and medicinal products. We're excited to see what innovative products Florida's young minds will add to this list as we continue to keep Florida growing sustainably. The contest prompts goes into detail about the crop, about how the crop is currently being utilized as an environmentally sustainable alternative to concrete textiles and plastics. The guidelines from the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services are different for each of the three grade groups that can submit essays, but all submissions must be based on a product that you have invented and that will be created with at least 50% hemp, hemp materials. Here are the descriptions of the scholarship assignments for each grade level. So for elementary grades, four to five, considering the information above, write about the product that you have invented that will be created with at least 50% hemp materials. Okay. Uh, Six to eight, um, 
write about a product that you have invented that will be created with at least 50% hemp materials. Additionally, explain the importance of this invention and why it's useful. And then for grades 9 and 12, Probably it's the same. But additionally, explain the importance of why it's useful. Lastly, be sure to share how this invention will positive, positively impact your community and create a more sustainable future. I would really focus on the plastics. Yeah. You know? Cause that's, because we've been leaning on that too much, now, and it's obviously bad for the environment. we got to f- stop that. Freed has been a vocal advocate for the hemp industry and marijuana reform in general. So it's not especially surprising that she'd helm the hemp-focused contest. Even if the idea of encouraging elementary school students to write about cannabis, albeit in its non-toxicating form, could potentially ruffle some conservative feathers. Freed has publicly stated that she is a medical cannabis card holder in the state. Hmm. And she previously lobbied on behalf of a plant that was later bought out by a major cannabis company before she became the Florida's top agriculture regulator. She frequently talks about her advocacy for cannabis policy reform on social media, and she has investments in a marijuana company. Regulators in her office have criticized Oregon hemp businesses over hemp products that they say contain rocks and sticks and have failed to meet regulatory guidelines on allowable THC. Instead, consumers should buy local products made in Florida, Freed's department said. In 2018, the National Bank Wells Fargo fired Freed as a client because her campaign has received donations from lobbyists for the medical marijuana industry. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's trying to legalize it. Of course, lobbyists. Yeah, and of course she's investing in it too. I mean... Shit, I, we should be investing That's in That's interesting. It. I wonder what these kids are going to come up with. And it's interesting that has them, that have, having them think about hemp in that way. Well, we definitely need to... Um, I feel like we definitely need to get rid of plastics in some sort of way. Do so you maybe this building could be... materials with it? I mean, we used it all like, for all sorts of stuff before... Back in, they made sails, clothes. ropes, clothes, yeah. paper. Like, was it like the Declaration of Independence written on hemp paper or some shit like that? I believe so. Maybe. <laughs> so crazy to think, right? I know. It's a plant. <laughs> a fucking useful Talking one. Talking about plant, how useful it is. So much information. We want to have her back on the show. Yeah, because we only touched... Fraction of what yeah, she can share with us. Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> uh, but we spoke to uh, the Green MP, Marena de Jesus. She's a nurse practitioner, cannabis consultant. She's CEO of Flow Grown Genetics in Oklahoma. Um, and Flow we, Grown as in Florida Grown. Florida Grown. Originally from here. Yeah. The growers from here. Um, we had a wonderful conversation with her. Uh, so much information. Uh, we hope you enjoy. Here it is. So tell us about Flow Grown uh, Genetics. I love the name, by the way, because, you know, oh, you're incorporating you. uh, your home. Um, so Flow Grown Genetics was actually, it's a, it's Flow Grown, obviously, for Florida Grown. Yep. And um, it was actually originally founded by Flow Grown 101. I don't know if you follow him. He's kind of a ghost. He doesn't really like to, you know, he's, 
he hides in his hole. <laughs> but that's a good thing because his best friends are his plants. So he's become a monster of a grower and breeder and extractor. And truly, I'm blessed to have been taken under his wing to learn everything from in and out. I mean, he's been teaching me growing, extracting, everything you can think of, which is amazing. It's a little overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> but um, I just it's always been a lifelong dream of mine. I've, I've always known that I was going to be in the cannabis industry. I never knew exactly how or where. You know what I mean? It's just, I just always knew, like anyone who's known me since I was 15 years old, you know, I tell them what I do now and they all laugh and they go, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, of course. exactly. Yeah. Like seriously, I have, it's so funny. I, I even have like some ex-boyfriends that are like, you literally, everything you said you were going to do, you've done, you know? And I'm like, I told you, I know you didn't believe me then because it was so taboo then. It was so illegal back then. And honestly, I was halfway in, halfway out for over a decade, to be honest with y'all. But um, now that the opportunity has presented itself, it's the freedom, the possibility to, to do what we want to do is there. And it's spreading like wildfire throughout the United States. So I just decided Let's look into the Oklahoma laws. Let's see if we can make this happen. And so me and Flowgrown 101, we left everything behind, put it all into Oklahoma and, you know, got the licenses for growing in and extracting. Uh, and we've just been slowly building, building this, you know, slowly, gradually. And it's been an amazing experience. It's scary sometimes honestly <laughs> that's a leap of faith but, you guys uh, took yeah like i said i i'm going after my dreams and that's all that matters so so how is that process because you said you got your licenses have everything you need in oklahoma why did you guys choose oklahoma is the process easier in that state Absolutely. So what's crazy is a lot of people don't know this because Oklahoma is a medical state. So everyone assumes it's like, you know, the other medical states, especially like Florida, which is a totally like yeah. crazy system. Right. Mm -hmm. The which vertical integration yeah. bullshit. You guys know yeah. it's not. It's I don't even know what Florida is, but anyways, <laughs> the fucking shit <laughs> but, show. Um, that's what it no, is. Oklahoma laws, believe it or not, we're medical, but we are far more recreational than pretty much almost every state. I mean, um, we we have lived in Colorado, and that's a recreational state. And our laws here in Oklahoma are actually way more relaxed than they are in Colorado. So wow. it's crazy. Yeah. So it's also easier here because of the possibility. Um, when the Oklahoma government set up the, the laws for medical marijuana businesses, they did it in a way to help people actually achieve their goals. Whereas in other states like Colorado, it was uh, legal on a state level. But what they weren't telling you is that the county levels could block it. So you could go apply for a license and do all this stuff, waste hundreds and thousands of dollars, potentially millions of dollars, and then come to find out that, oh, your county commissioner just doesn't like you, doesn't like cannabis whatsoever, 
And so we're going to block you too bad. So sad. There's nothing you can do. And that was actually really common in Colorado. It's still very, really common. There's only certain pockets of Colorado that you can actually easily start and grow a, a commercial cannabis business, you know, whereas here in Oklahoma, it's the complete opposite. It's as long as you, you know, pay the fees, meet all the requirements uh, and stay compliant, you know, so that's pretty much the hardest part is making sure that we're compliant at all times because the rules change here and there. But the good thing is that Oklahoma is really good about not doing any like drastic changes overnight. Not like Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they implemented the rolling, the rolling limits. The rolling limits, yeah. And like, you don't tell me about that because I don't understand it. Can you explain it to me? It's just all they're doing is they're taking your whole month and they're splitting it into four weeks. Like they're not Uh, letting you like they're like, you can't uh, take all of it at once. it for you. Yes. (laughs) Especially with flour. They're trying to divert people away from flour because it's only on flour. Yeah, it's only on flour. Weird. And see, Florida laws never made sense, though. It's like, how are you going to make concentrates legal before flour? right <laughs> before it, it, you know and then like the whole edible thing and now this it's just it's constantly something and i'm sure it's all money driven but always is uh, it's so frustrating <laughs> how is it growing in oklahoma is are all your facilities indoor like do you do outdoor too like we do it gets cold, outdoor right? <laughs> greenhouse and indoor so uh we ended up getting 15 acres a property and slowly building that wow. so it's been very interesting because obviously i think like outdoor is newer to us we've always been indoor growers um so the adjustment to the outdoor is obviously a, a drastic adjustment <laughs> i'll be honest with you oh my goodness so These many more variables outdoor <laughs> growers i have so much respect for them yeah. the discipline the drive like yeah, seriously, I bow yeah. down. She's bowing. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it just even in yeah, even in general, just growing. Period. But not, just growing outside, like you can't. Oh, there's yes. nothing you can do. Mother Nature's in charge. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what's happening right now. It's it's kind of crazy because. Uh, we're in tornado season and I was just seeing on the news before jumping on here that uh, a bunch of grows got completely destroyed by tornadoes last night and I just see that and it just makes me like clench a little bit I'm like (laughs) oh my goodness you know it could have been us but luckily you know (laughs) gotta pray to every god that doesn't happen but with how the laws are so gray around cannabis you know, because of, you know, the federal level are, can, can you have insurance on your crops? Like, is there insurance that you can get for stuff like that? That may happen? No, not really. <laughs> I so mean, it, oh. you can always get like property insurance, but truthfully, most companies won't insure you because what, you know, because of what you're you do. a cannabis company. Exactly. I have heard that there are, uh, I mean, there are honestly, uh, insurance companies that will insure cannabis companies, um, you're paying a really hefty fine, just the same way with like uh, banking, you know, uh, most banks won't yeah. uh, help you out because of the whole federal uh, legality, but there are banks, they'll do it, but they're like, oh yeah, you just got to pay a thousand dollars a month to bank with us. <laughs> yeah, we no got to pay for that risk we're taking. 
<laughs> well, you, you don't have a thousand dollars to just hand over to them. You're in the cannabis industry. You definitely have thousand dollars. <laughs> that's what they're. That's what they're thinking. Not in the beginning. No, you're definitely trying not. Trying to grow your company. Definitely <laughs> it not work that way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's so complicated. But no, with the weather here, uh, it's very similar to Florida. Honestly, um, the only difference is that we have a crazy wind factor (laughs) like our wind is insane so like our greenhouses had to be rated for up to 100 mile an hour winds yeah like things that you don't think of in florida although florida you know with the hurricanes i would hope that they would do the same thing yeah but um and stuff like that they have to be snow bearing but i mean other than that it's we're very similar to florida in in terms of our weather and bugs and things like that so how do you like the going from florida to oklahoma <laughs> mm. is it a difference yeah you know there's pros and <laughs> sure. cons like isn't that where tiger king's from? that life is slowed down i'm like more of the farm life i'm totally like i've turned into such an oaky these days <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie like I'm like, just leave me with my bong and my cows and I'm happy, you know? So that's like a big difference for me because, you know, I used to live downtown Orlando, which is like nothing compared to Miami. But, you know, uh, it's a drastic difference from that to out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of animals, you know? Very drastic. um, But then on the con side of it, I do miss the beaches of Florida. I do miss, you know what you guys have in Florida that you probably don't realize is Florida was a very well-developed and constructed state. And what I mean about that is your roads, your buildings, construction in general is much higher quality than a lot of other states. fairly newer, I think, also, right? What's that? Fairly newer, also. Yeah, because yeah, Florida, newer, South Florida is newer. better, like the, the quality of it, like here in Oklahoma, because it's so under-regulated, you know, you, it's luck of the draw. You might get a contractor that's amazing, or there's a high chance you're going to get one that's like, eh, pretty questionable, you know, whereas <laughs> in Florida, you get more consistency. And that's something that you don't really notice when you're like traveling somewhere on vacation, but when you're living here. And like little, the littlest little things, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, things in your house that you notice, you're like, this would never happen in Florida. (laughs) I was going to say Cuban food. Okay. I mean, like Cuban bread, like once we leave Florida, good luck finding that. That's the other big thing. Okay. (laughs) So I'm Puerto Rican and Flo is Cuban. Okay. And Flo is from like little Havana, Miami. Cuban. Okay. You don't understand any time that I go back to Florida to visit family. He's always like, you better come back right. And you already know what that means. I need my banco nechon. I need my freaking Cuban, like everything. So last time I came back with empanadas, with freaking sandwiches, quesitos. I okay, came back the whole night. Dude, I, we, listen, we went one year for Thanksgiving to Texas. It was like the only th- Thanksgiving that we left somewhere else. Yeah. And we took like a cooler filled with frozen dough from a bakery of Cuban bread. 
And everybody, when we had, when we had it for dinner, everybody at Texas was like, Oh my God, no wonder you brought this. It's the, ma- it's amazing. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Especially because see all these states over here, we have a crap ton of Mexican food. That's like the majority is a ton of Mexican food, ton of Chinese food, zero Caribbean, nothing, you know, yeah. no. It's it kills me. It kills. Uh, it would me. kill me. <laughs> you have good Mexican food, though. I bet. Oh, the Mexican food is fire! Like yeah, I you bet. can't go wrong. It's. I mean, there's those little food trucks everywhere. I basically am like best friends with my food truck, my taco guy down the street. <laughs> Stalking the food truck guy. I've been there. I know. If it's, not, if it's, it's a food truck worth stalking, I'll do oh, it. Oh, dude, you think I'm playing? We're about to do a trade. Like one of our Frenchie baby, you know, puppies for a lifetime of half off tacos. Like, nice. hello. <laughs> yeah, I, that I was great. That, that's a good trade. Dude, gordita for life, man. I, I do not care. No shame in my game. <laughs> so who does Flow Grown Genetics grow for? Do you, is it like, um, do you guys have like compassionate care licenses? So you grow directly for patients or is it like dispensaries? No, so or? our licenses where we are allowed to sell to other growers uh, or processors, we're allowed to sell to dispensaries. And then for on the processing end of it, we can process other people like other growers, you know, it's, it's all licensed, license to license, basically. Um, but on a commercial level, on, on the processing end of it, we are allowed to process, I think, up to an ounce for a patient of extracts if they want to, like they're allowed to bring us their starting material. And we can, you know, do it that that's the one weird law in the whole that thing. But in general, we grow and extract for other commercial licenses. So other companies that either want to put it on their shelves in a dispensary or take our starting material to make uh, extractions out of it. So you guys also do extractions there at your company. Like what different extraction methods do you guys do? So we are completely single source, which I mean, from seed all the way up, we breed our own genetics. We grow our own genetics. We extract our own genetics. So we right now uh, we've been doing live resin crumble. We do live hash rosin. Uh, we do everything we a lot of it well we can do cured but we like to do a lot of live <laughs> extractions but basically any kind of resin or rosin extraction water hash uh fico you know full extract oils the one thing we don't really do and it's because i'm just not a fan at all is distillate i'm not a fan of distillation i didn't it's such an empty extraction you're basically just stripping everything from the the weed and you're giving someone like you know mostly thc very little of the rest of it it's i mean it's not my favorite extract and because of that we just don't do it at all so you know i like to we like to stand behind the things we do yeah (laughs) agreed i do something because it makes money you know yeah so for sure. I mean, you're a better salesman when you're really uh, all about the product. Like you don't I don't know if you're not into it. How are you going to sell it? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because 
I'm of the belief that I'm not going to sell you anything that I won't take myself. I, you yeah. Know? Um, uh, yeah. And that's not to say that I, you know, use everything all the time. I use it all in combinations, you know, variations, depending on what my needs are daily. But um, for the most part, yeah, like I can't sit there and be like, yeah, here, take this distillate. And when in reality, I hate distillate. Like, I can't <laughs> even emphasize how much I hate distillate. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, I know different uh, people have their preferences. And I know that cannabis affects people differently. So if distillate's your thing, go for it. It's just not something that I'm a fan of. So <laughs> I'm not really a fan of any other form than the flower. That's really the only. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Is there a reason? I just, I've, uh, edibles don't work for me. Um, okay. So no matter how many times, I, I don't know. I felt nice at the dinner. But I think mm-hmm. that was just because I finally was able to relax. Yeah. <laughs> Once yeah. like dinner started. It might started. be a combination. <laughs> it might yourself. be a combination. <laughs> um, but I've never had like edibles work for me. So that is out. I don't like vape pens. I don't like dabbing is too much. I dabbing just... is too much. See, that's what I was going to ask you. But do you temperature control your dabs? And no, when you I don't dab, know what I'm doing. <laughs> where are you starting at? Because a lot of people start I have off no idea. way up high. Okay. What happened? Maybe. No. Okay. You want to check? Yeah, go ahead. It's probably Julia. No, someone's, oh, someone's at your door. We well, you know, I don't know. I, I the way that I do my my uh, concentrates because I don't really do the dab thing with the torches. I'll put it on top of a bowl of flour. So I'll do like mm-hmm. flour, and then I'll put the wax, the resin, whatever, right on top, and then I'll just yeah. heat it on the top of it. Just smoke it yeah. that way. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, honestly, there is no correct, exact. I mean, yeah, there's things that you should avoid. <laughs> Obviously, you don't want to take in carcinogens. You don't want to torch your lungs out. And, right. and, you know, but you do what works for you, basically. Right. But the only thing that I do want to say is that if you learn how to properly dab for yourself, meaning you find what what product you like the most and what temperature it'll hit you effectively without making you feel like, oh my God, this is overkill, then I feel like it's going to open an entirely different world of cannabis to you guys. But in the same token, don't feel like you don't, have to go there i know right? it could be it could be a little bit it could be a little overwhelming because uh there's so many different different types of everything out there yeah. and and once it's more it's more legal it's just gonna continue to grow there's gonna be all kinds of stuff and people are gonna want to innovate product i mean that's it's really exciting you yeah, know it is exciting but you know i think part of the problem too <laughs> is the amount of misinformation that there is, okay? And that's just from my experience. I mean, even now, I look on, I honestly, these days, I I go on Instagram, I'll post something, respond to the people that message me, and I get out. You know, I I don't spend too much time on it anymore like I used to. But the times that I do look, or even just within that little short window, 
I noticed that there's still so much misinformation and it's not anyone's specific fault. Like, I feel like it's an overall system default, you know, things slip through the crack and, and, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then part of the problem is that there's so many people that are hungry to get in and, and be successful and thrive. And not everyone has the best intention. So it's kind of like a, big ball of I don't know of a mess (laughs) and and that misinformation leads to situations like this where you feel like you know I don't even know where to start I don't even know what to try you know exactly what you just said basically and that you know part of the problem is because of all the misinformation right you're like I don't know what's what anymore (laughs) yeah we uh we do get to try like different pro. Luckily, we do get to try different products, mm-hmm. and I feel like rosin is really the most, the nicest of all the extract, like all the extracts too. Because it is. I mean, it's gonna be one of your. It's definitely the cleanest, most medicinal method of cannabis consumption. And the reason why I say that is because, especially if it's done correctly, you know, without. Uh, contaminants getting through uh, it's because you're literally extracting it not using these crazy chemicals you know as your solvent or whatever what we use is ice and water you know and um, yeah it's just it's clean it's such a clean and it's it's one of those that is a full body you know it's full spectrum right you get all your cannabinoids you're not dealing with how you deal with distillate that's super empty you know you're getting the the whole shebang that's why i was like um i gotta show you guys i'm gonna send you when we get off here i'm gonna send you guys some videos of the rosin and stuff that we extract and you'll see you know we'll go over it and and you'll see what i mean but um yeah (laughs) rosin is definitely the top choice for me i mean that's basically what i live on but i'm also a big cbd person like i i do my cbd tincture three times a day and then i just add rosin and flour to the mix and hey we have a happy party yeah (laughs) super duper full spectrum (laughs) what's that super duper full spectrum oh yeah Uh uh-huh so um so what do you mostly, you mostly just do flour then? Yeah, we, I, I, I do enjoy edibles. Uh, I do mix those in. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do, I, I like edibles. I, we actually got, uh, some like sugar sticks recently from one of the dispensaries, usually like drops and like things to mix in with beverages is usually really bitter and nasty but these people figured it the fuck out it's like there's one that's just sugar for your coffee it's the cannabis there's one that's like it's just a sugar for your coffee and then there's another one that's like i got a fruit punch flavor and it's really good i was i was expecting it to be i've had some really nasty bitter kind of And I'm just like, you know, you you take it because you're like, well, I mean, I guess, but at Better the same get the time, job done. right? But then you you taste yeah. you taste these other ones, and you're like, well, did you guys not try it and go, uh, maybe not, maybe we should try again, 
and then like come up with yeah. another formulation. I don't understand how they were like, oh, ugh, it doesn't taste great, but um, I guess I guess we'll just shelf this. Let's put it out there. Like I would be embarrassed, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people forget that just because they're fully licensed doesn't mean that they actually produce a good product. Yeah. <laughs> The land of the law, and I still stick to this, you know, I used to think this before, and now more than ever, after the last year that I've had doing what I've been doing, this rule remains supreme, and that is fire in, fire out. Your entire product line heavily depends on your starting material. So if your starting material is some midzy, boofy, you know, <laughs> crap, guess what? Your act, your extracts are only going to be as good as your bitsy boofy crap. Yeah. And so are your edibles and so forth. You know, the only thing that you could convert that into that people won't really notice and that in a safe way would probably be topicals. And that's it. Anything else? Yeah. You're only as good as your starting material. So just always remember that. Yeah, dude, know, now that I think about it, you're right. Their flower right. was not the best. So now that you make that, now that you make that point, it makes a lot of sense to me. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all in how you're starting material. Yeah, you know? for sure. People always tell us, like when they try um, our crumble. A lot of people try our crumble, and they're like, "Dude, shut up!" They're like, "This is rosin," and I'm like, "Dude, it's not rosin." You know, like. They don't believe that it's that we extracted it using solvents, basically, you know, they they're like, there's no way this is so clean. And I'm like, that's because you're only as good as your starting material. <laughs> you know? So what like, would you OK, so can you can you I, I know it's maybe not as brief, but what is What are the different? It's the extraction processes for each of those different kinds. So when you do yeah, rosin, oh, you said it, it's because- cold. And what is what's the difference? Well, there's so many. Okay, so you have solvent and you have solventless or solvent free, however you technical you want to break it down to. But basically, the long and the short is there's solvent extractions and those solvent extractions use chemicals such as ethanol, uh, butane, um, propane, things like that, right? The solventless extractions, they just use water, ice, that's it you know, so it's a lot cleaner, you know, and so you're basically extracting the trichomes. So for instance, I'll I'll give you a very quick, I don't know how quick it'll be, but I'll try to make it (laughs) of how we get to uh, live rosin. All right. So we chop the plant, we freeze it immediately. Um, From there, you take it, put it in washers, we have these, you know, big giant washers, they go into with ice and water, we do a you know a certain amount of washing cycles collect the water after each cycle that goes through like a series of filter bags and that's where it gets you separate the plant uh, material with the trichomes you get you know you understand what i'm saying yes. so then um when you are done with the whole wash from there you take it they're like filter bags you take that and you scoop out and what you're scooping is literally the trichomes because what you did was you froze it 
to a point and then you washed it to fall it off and that now you're collecting that okay so you collect that it goes into a tray and then from there you go into a freeze dryer whatever sort so we put ours in our we have a harvest right we put in all the trays set that forget about it because you're not going to see it for at least another day (laughs) so you know after 24 hours you go back you pull it out. And at that point, that stage of it is considered water hash. So at that point, that's the stuff that you see in the dispensaries that, oh, here's water hash. You, I don't know. They, they also call it bubble hash. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I don't that think now. they I'm have that. I don't think they carry that here. I've never seen hash. I don't hash, know that really. any of them have yet. I think Fluent tried to release some back in 2019 or 2020. And uh, they it, it didn't receive very you know good feedback, so they discontinued it. It's also not something that a lot of companies are going to want to do because you, we lose our asses on it. Um, that this form of extraction method, uh, you don't get very high yields. Doesn't um, sound like it, yeah. So from that point, though, you go from the water hash. And then you can take that and dab that if you want. You can put that in your banger, dab it direct. You can top your flower bowl like you like to do and smoke it that way as well, whatever you want to do. Or you can take it, collect it and put it, you know, in those little pouches, those bags that you see people pressing in the rosin presses. Yeah. So you fill the filter bags. And then you go to a rosin press and you press it. And then that's that goop that you see running down. That's rosin. Damn. So that's hash rosin. And that's, that's the final step. That's the final step. <laughs> so that's straight up just trichomes. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, it depends on the person extracting it and the starting material. For the most part, yeah, it should be. That's why if you ever look at my stories, I'll put live heads for the head because I mean like trichome trichome heads is what yeah. I'm referring to. I mean, I didn't know. Sometimes I write that and I'm like, God, I hope people don't think I'm like being sexual. <laughs> 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 Giving free head over here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm like, God, I hope these people understand that I'm talking about trichome heads. <laughs> but, um But yeah, so in theory, yes, it should be the cleanest form. However, you know, there's companies that don't have the best starting material and don't know how to extract properly. So you're going to get contaminated with plant material, but it's still cleaner than say contaminated with butane or ethanol or, you know, something like that. So if anything, you're still just taking in plant, you know, um, But what was I going to say? Something about the hash was, oh, about the yields. The reason why rosin, you're now seeing it more heavy in Florida, uh, way more than before, right? Remember, it was like nothing. And then overnight, rosin, 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 everyone loves rosin, right? (laughs) Um, Which is great. I love that because I truthfully, truthfully believe that it is the cleanest, more most medicinal form of extract. But um, the problem is that we don't get very good yields at all. So um, if you get 5% yield on a return, that's considered good on rosin. And what I mean by that is I can put in, say, 2,000 grams of flour in 
in the beginning of the whole process. And at the end, I'll end up with maybe a hundred grams of rosin. Wow. Do you see how that's a huge, you know, so companies knowing that they don't want to do that. They don't want to take that kind of hit because hello, they could sell the 2000 grams for a lot more money than selling a thousand or I mean, a hundred grams. You know what I'm saying? There's only so far that'll go. So that's where it gets really tricky. But then that's where breeding comes into hand. And that's where we thrive because Flo has been growing for over 30 years. And he literally like he loves plants. He literally like I'm not even kidding. (laughs) He loves plants. (laughs) So he loves breeding and creating these strains. And so he's always on the hunt for these strains that are not just medicinal and fire, you know, to the nose and the palate, but they're also high yielding. So lately, we've been finding these amazing crosses that are producing like almost 7%, which is incredible for rosin you know so anyways i don't want to bore y'all <laughs> that is not boring no whatsoever. it's not yeah we, we rarely get to hear about that so that's amazing so researching and developing like and finding other strains that have these high yields and like you know creating your own genetics mm-hmm. how how do you how do you guys go about that because you said you go what do you to seek out other genetics um yeah we do we start with other people's genetics sometimes and sometimes we start with our own it just depends on where we are in the process and what we're trying to create um like for instance our most recent one that we created which uh, we call it nameless ho oh yeah (laughs) i saw i was looking at some of the strains that you recommend and that, that you got a neruvian og and nameless ho which i have not come across yes. so both of those are uh done in-house meaning Flo was the breeder of those um the neruvian og is a divine gelato three crossed with a pie home number three um so that one it for the most part it comes out kind of like a grapey gassy you know type of bud um super crazy frosty very medicinal uh still has a great og earthy exhale so you you kind of he kind of nailed all the little components in that one um with the nameless hoe that one is a cross of seed junkies i know the name is ridiculous but i'm going to tell you where it came from so you can understand (laughs) (laughs) there is a purpose i promise so the nameless hoe is ice cream mints crossed with a pie hoe that's where the hoe comes from so (laughs) you couldn't think of a name name why we went that route was because out of that cross the pie hoe just dominated it through and through all the way like it just you know so we were like okay this is definitely pie hoe heavy we couldn't come up with like any clever name every name that I liked was already either taken or just like just seemed to like, ugh, whatever. So then finally, I was like, you know what? Nameless, she, bow- she will remain, you know? She's a nameless hoe. So <laughs> that's, that's perfect. It. That's where we, that's how we ended up with that. But, <laughs> but yeah, for the nameless hoe, uh, 
yeah, we started with seed junkies genetics, you know, and it's a whole process. It's not what people think, but you don't just like, here's plant one, here's plant two. And yeah, they have babies. Have babies. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. a crane comes in. They fall in love. You have a ceremony. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's actually a really long and stressful process. And one that like, we've, we've been working at so many new breeds for such a long time. We just we're not that vocal, honest to God, we have been kind of in our own worlds. We really a lot of people are like, Oh, well, I see you on Instagram or whatever. But I'm like, Yeah, but dude, compared to before, I'm telling you, I'm like, barely on there like just my minimal to you know to keep up with it and be polite and whatever but um so we've been working at these for a long long time and the new ones that we got coming out (laughs) oh man I'm so excited because what I ended up doing too was um flow was never you know it's crazy to think that he's been growing for over 30 years and he was never well educated on CBD the benefits of it, like just everything about it. And so one night we were talking about it. I, I taught him all this stuff and he was just so dumbfounded and so in awe with it. Like I said, he truly is in love with plants, like not just cannabis. We're talking about any and all plants. He's that person, you know? So um, we are sitting there talking about it and he's like, wait, why am I not breeding these? Like I can grow ridiculous things. Like we have the potential to you know, make some real medicine out here. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we started way over a year ago on implementing CBD into our line as well. So now we're going to start working on, um, I mean, we've been working on it, but you're going to start seeing uh, more CBD strains as well. And one-to-one ratio strains, but like fire ones, you know, like when's the last time you saw a fire one-to-one that you're like, damn, like, I want to smoke that. And then when you smoke it, you're like, oh, my God, this is exactly what my body needs. You know, that's the goal. <laughs> I want to see more of that. Yes. Not these like, ridiculous yeah. high THC flowers, more ratio, one to one. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like shouldn't it be that way anyway? Yes. Shouldn't it be CBDTA? Shouldn't it all be. Yeah. Full spectrum, like you were saying, like, isn't that didn't that's always what the question in my mind is because of the legalities, did they mm-hmm. start pulling because essentially it's the same damn plant. It's the same plant. Mm-hmm. Did they start separating them because of the legalities? And so so that's why you don't see plants that have a combination of CBD, THC. I don't think so. This is my, okay, my theory, and I'm not, listen, I'm not the expert of everything. I'm not even the expert of anything, to be honest. But (laughs) this is just my theory of my own life experiences of dealing with this industry for the last however long. Um, My theory is that the reason we don't see these ridiculously fire CBD strains is because even just to learn how to grow to that level has not been easy. Okay. And because of the legality, yes. Yeah. The legality has created to where, where we're criminals. You understand that. So because of that, most people, if you're going to sacrifice your freedom and you're sacrificing 
you know, your livelihood, you're going to want to go after what makes a ton of money, right? And I think that's what's really influenced that drive more than anything. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I've, I've been an underground grower for 20 years, but my focus and my specialty has mostly been on THC plants because that's what makes me money. Does that make sense? So then what happens is all the CBD stuff kind of fell by the wayside. And that's not to say that you can't find any fire CBD. You know, I'm not trying to insult anyone. That's not it. It's just that the shift is different on the CBD side. On the CBD side, they're more focused on mass production so that they can pump out millions of pounds or whatever, hundreds of pounds uh, to companies that will turn it into like white label almost, you know what I'm saying? Turn it into topical tinctures and all that stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's a different business model. It's a different mindset. You know, I I don't, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You know, a good chunk of our industry has been money motivated, you know, and, and obviously we need money to function and survive. And anyone who says it's not about the money at all is a damn liar. I'm yeah. sorry, but you need money to live. Yeah, you but, can love what you do, but, but at the end of the day. there's a fine line to it, and I feel like in all reality and actuality, if you really get to the heart and soul of our industry, the vast majority of the players don't come with good intentions. Yeah. And you know that very well. You can see it yourselves in Florida. Look at that whole system and yeah. how it was started and you know what I'm saying? I don't want to use any specific names, but um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel like the demand was so high for higher THC plants that genetically people just kept grow like trying to create higher thc plants higher thc higher thc didn't care about factored out the cbd yeah and now people are realizing that a combination of the two is so much better and now like we're having to go back and like Mm -hmm. start going okay we need to start getting cbd back into the the mix Mm -hmm. here so we have more ratio and what we've found too just from us starting to do it uh, is that the CBD strains are actually a little more difficult. They take longer to stabilize out. They're just, they're just a little slightly different, you know, not, not anything crazy, but enough to where if you've spent your whole life only doing THC strains, and then you try to your hand at that, you know, you might run into problems that you wouldn't think of, you know? So, but that's interesting. I never thought that that CBD. If I, I, fi- I don't know. That's just me. I figured if you could grow THC, you could grow CBD too. Yeah, no, you can. But I just mean like, you know, with and that's even with THC strains. It all really comes down to the genetics. I'm telling you that. Like, genetics really matter. And a lot of people, what they don't realize is that. Like something I see all the time is they will, people on Instagram will put a whole post about, oh, I found three seeds in my flower, you know, and now they're breeding with it. Okay. If you find seeds in your flower and you want to grow it for yourself, by all means, do it. 
just please, I ask you, don't use those those seeds to breed and try to pump out new strings and try to, you know, why? Because you're like a copy of a copy, right? A disservice. You're you're basically pumping out unstable genetics. You don't want to do that. You know, is that is that like a like copy of a copy of a copy of a copy? Is that what that turns into? No, 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 no. It's just that, you know, it's a seed from that plant. So it's that plant's genetics, but you typically you get seeds either when the the plant is stressed out or uh, you get it if, if it's accidentally reached pollen, you know, if pollen has hit it on accident in any way, it'll also produce seeds. And um, I mean, plants that grow from seeds, sometimes you'll get like one or two throughout the whole plant. And that's fine. You know, that's normal because it's, it was a brand new first grow from a seed, but I'm talking about like the plants that have, you know, you finding seeds everywhere or whatever, a lot of people get excited thinking like, ooh, I hit the jackpot. Now I have, you know, these this person's genetics. But in reality, you have their stressed genetics that's unstable. So that means that if you go and try to grow with that, yeah, I mean, you can grow it, but you have a chance of producing a lot of plants that will herm out on you or things like that. You know, it's just you don't you don't want to get in the habit of that. You know, you want to try to keep the genetics as strong and as stable as possible. We have to preserve our our plants' genetics in general, because otherwise we'll just turn this entire industry into a sham and it'll all be like whatever. You know, it's already a big cluster of made up strains (laughs) that are, you know, like it's already a mess. So we don't need to add more to that is what I'm saying. But yeah, (laughs) So many strains. There are. And it's crazy. Like nowadays, you know, some people are like, oh, this is a pure, you know, a land race. And I'm like, bro, (laughs) there's no way that that's like a pure, you know what I'm saying? There's just so much crossing nowadays. It's hard for me to even believe sometimes. Like when someone's like, oh, yeah, I have this cut, you know, I have this clone of whatever this person's genetics i even question that sometimes because nowadays there's so many people that are just like taking something and changing the name and then passing it on and it's a big problem (laughs) yeah i bet we've heard of people we had someone on our show who works for a dispensary and even saw that they were mislabeling strains she could tell just by smelling it because she's been around them yeah. And people were mislabeling the strain. Yeah. 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 Because you can tell. I mean, there's some strains have a super distinctive smells. And yeah, there are different phenotypes, but there are some strains that there's no getting around that smell. You know, like yeah. you already know you open it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is purple punch. There's I certain- can smell purple punch from a mile away, yeah. you know? There's certain there's certain strains we're very familiar with too. <laughs> Super lemon haze, I know what that smells like. I know what that smells like. And Mandarin Dreams <laughs> over here. Yep. What are some of your guys' favorite strains? Well, yeah, I'm pretty, I like Super Lemon Haze. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She likes yeah. Mandarin Dreams. I mean, so you probably like to you like your cannabis to help you focus. Who for and me? Yeah. Yes. 
Like help you focus, but make you relaxed enough, but not knock you out. You got to be functional. Right. I gather. Yes. Yeah. Because that's what super lemon haze will do to you. So (laughs) that has to do with the terpenes that are found in the strains. So that's the one thing I always tell people, like, don't even get caught up on a name per se, like go into a dispensary yeah. and ask to look at the cannabinoids and the terpenes. That's how I shop. I don't care what name you slap on it. I want to see the profile because I'm looking for certain things. You know, if something is super heavy and myrcene or linalool, generally I'll avoid them because I don't want to be put out. You know, I like things that are high in pinene. I like things that are high in limonene, things that'll make me functional, you know, focus, but I'm cool as a cucumber, you know, I got to have that relaxation too. So, but so get into the habit of that, honestly, that's why that's the advice I give every single person. And when they actually start doing it, you're going to start noticing like, Oh shit, she was right. Like, there is a reason why I gravitate to this, you know? No, the nose doesn't lie. Man. The nose the does, does not. Exactly. But, but here you can't you get can't, the terpene profiles. On I, 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 that's what I was going to say. I feel like, too, oh, shit, unfortunately, here, like the bud tenders aren't very um, also privy to that like, knowledge. That I think. thing you scan should have that info. The QR like, it really should. It does not have it. No. It, what does it have? We've the tried. Lab? results or something like that it doesn't have like the terpene profiles and when i tried to open it it did nothing for me but like it's not like i think the only dispensary i've seen put rise the terpene does it. profiles is rise on their yes labels. i remember that about rise and i love them for that yes that's right yeah everyone but, else damn that kind of sucks too because there's no way you can even look it up online because it varies. that's another misconception too people are like oh just google what terpenes are in whatever like yeah generally speaking that strain should have a decent abundance of those that are listed online but the actuality is that we really don't know that you'd have to actually lab test test that you know there's so many different phenos that could come out of that same exact strain you really don't know what you know so yeah i i wholeheartedly believe that the phenos you know have a lot to do with environment so what my blue dream might might develop and what true leaves blue dream might develop or might be night and day you know you don't really know you should listen to smoke and science i was listening to an episode (laughs) and they were talking with a lab testing person a person that does all the testing in Uh the labs and they were talking about how it could vary like it could be the same exact strain but if it was two different places grown by two different growers it can be completely different yeah but i feel like even absolutely a hundred percent dude not just two different growers and i'll tell you from our own you could have the same strain right in different locations of your grow room and they develop differently. And that's happened to us, you know, e- even in some of our harvests before, you know, we'd have, okay, here's Neruvian number nine, here's Neruvian number 13. And depending on which light was hitting them, what plants were around them, the way that the fans and all that stuff hit them, all that stuff influences it. Because I remember, you know, one time we had a harvest and I was like, 
wait, which one is this one? And, you know, they were like, oh, this is 11. I'm like, there's no way this is 11. What happened? And I, it was driving me nuts because 11 is our like signature powerhouse, like, you know, the goddess of all goddesses, you know, she is a frosty little, you know, icy little biatch. And um, <laughs> she really is. And that specific run, she still came out beautiful. I'm not going to diss her, but she came <laughs> short. She came off a little short, you know, like she would not have made the cut on top model. But, and <laughs> but it's a living thing. Of course, it's going to vary from, you know, I mean, it's a living thing. You can't even absolutely as much as and you it, try we, to. We, we tried to look back and troubleshoot what happened, you know, because we were like, we've run this one over and over and over and over. What was the limiting factor? And it turns out that the bulb that it was under the specific light that that one was under that bulb had to be replaced. It was going out. So the rays weren't hitting her mm, like they did, you know, the in previous runs. Oh. Simple fix. But yeah, something as little as that. Huge difference. Right. It makes a huge difference. And that was our interview with Marina de Jesus. You can find her on Instagram at thegreennp, like nurse practitioner, or at flowgrowngenetics underscore okay. Okay, as in okay. We thank you guys for being wonderful audience member. We love you so much. Did you hear his teeth on? (laughs) I did. That's what that sounds like. We appreciate you uh, trusting us to not only uh, fill your ears with the word of cannabis. I feel like I'm a preacher. You made it this far and you're listening right now. I know. (laughs) We love you. Thank you. You are the good one. You are the good one. We like you the most. <laughs> Don't tell too many people, but you're the bomb.com. You know who else is the bomb.com? Our sponsors. Our patrons, our girls, and Jesse. Our, our <laughs> girls and Jesse. Thank you too. Uh, a special thank you to all of our patrons Yanni, Destiny, Lauren, Jesse, Christy, April, Shelby, Denise, Peaches, Natalie, Merida. Terry, Angelina, Jenny, Catherine, Camilla, Amanda, Jessica O, Josie, Jessica C, and it's not working. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy, yay! Yay! Thank you for joining us, Chrissy. And helping us at the and brunch. Exactly. And helping and us Terry. at the... We, we basically, I told her, we hazed her into the Patreon group. This was the day she signed up. I she know. showed up. We're like, help us make city yeah. bags. Hey, you're one of us now. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> no, she was ha- more than happy to, to, to pitch us. in. It, it's it's Just fun. Like Terry we, you know, and Diane. We and say work, but... Yeah, we have fun doing it. Hey, you too could have your name mentioned at the end of every podcast or help us make goodie bags. Exactly. <laughs> Become a patron. People ask, oh, how can I be invited to the next thing? Become a patron. Patrons find out about all our events Everything. first. They find about it. They find out about it when it's just an idea yeah. in our brain. Right. We brainstorm with them during our yes. Zoom sessions. 
Yeah, so become a patron. You'll get that. You'll get early access to episodes, additional content, video, phone conversions, discounts on events. And you'll be the first one to know everything. Zoom smoke sessions. We got to have one because it's coming up this week, I think. Yep, next Friday. Next Friday. Oh, this Friday. Then we'll make sure for now. All right. Hey, subscribe, rate, review, and share our content. Thanks you for know, listening this you season. Know, yeah, you know you love us. We love you too. Be back in a few weeks. Bye.